Well, we've been going through a series entitled Help from Heaven. And uh, let me just say, I'm so grateful for last Sunday, uh, Pastor Gary stepping in and ministering a powerful word. Wasn't that powerful on praise? Just learning to praise God irregardless of what we're going through. And uh, it just challenged me to just keep my praise going, even if I'm battling. And as he was, he said he was on fire. And you guys were, yeah, you are on fire. But he said, no, literally, I'm on fire. My skin is on fire because of the shingles that he had been, has been battling. But Pastor Gary is a praiser through and through. And so I am appreciative of the message that he brought last week. But we're resuming our theme again, which is help from heaven. And we're going to be focusing on preparing for battle. Preparing for battle. The reason why I'm going to share this message is, first, because if you know anything about me, I am not a traditional kind of pastor. I know that today is Father's Day, but it doesn't mean that I'm necessarily going to give a message just for fathers. I'm not going to be here and and just beat up on fathers. I'm going to share a message that is going to be applicable to all of us. Because the fact of the matter is that all of us are either in the middle of something or coming out of something or about to enter into something that will be challenging to our lives. And we're going to look at a story in the Bible of a man who is considered the strongest man in the Old Testament, who experienced an unexpected challenge. And, uh, and then he received help from heaven, through which not only was he able to confront the challenge that came upon him unexpectedly, but also he was able to conquer the challenge. How many of you want to win? How, how many of you want to overcome the troubles in your life? Well, we're going to learn how today. We're going to Judges chapter 14, verses 5 and 6. Judges 14, 5 and 6 says, So Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother and came to the vineyards of Timnah. Now to his what? Surprise. A young lion came roaring against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And he tore the lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat. Notice, though he had nothing in his hand, but he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. I read recently of a, of someone who literally killed a lion with their bare hands. But according to those that studied the carcass of the corpse of the lion, they figured out that this lion was anywhere between three to six months and weighed approximately 60 pounds. I can tell you that the lion that Samson confronted here was young in its prime and a lot bigger and stronger than that lion that was killed by someone as as recently as February here in our in our nation. And I want you to see that because the Bible tells us that Samson did what he did because of the spirit of the Lord that came upon him. There is something about God's spirit that can empower you and I what we cannot do on our own. And the reality is, as we've been looking at throughout this series, you and I in life will come to face challenges. We will confront enemies. We will deal with trouble, trial, and tribulations that will be beyond our ability to control or even to deal with. But the good news is that when you become a child of God, God doesn't tell you from now on live life pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. No, the moment you become a 
child of God, God gives you help from heaven that will empower you and enable you and equip you to deal with whatever comes before you. And here in this story, we find that Samson experienced that. He experienced help from heaven to deal with what came upon him. Now, maybe you have felt like the, the gentleman that put an ad in the newspaper that read, Lion Tamer wants tamer lion. Have you ever felt like that? I don't, I don't mind the challenge, but if it could just be a little bit more tamer. Uh, Mother Teresa made this statement. I know God won't give me anything I can't handle. I just wish he'd entrust me so much. How many of you ever thought like, Lord, I know, I know, I know, I know that you won't give me anything I can't handle, but uh, don't trust me so much. Uh, can we make this lighter? Can we make this easier? But the fact of the matter is that you and I in life will come across seasons or situations that are overwhelming, that are beyond our ability to endure. Things will come to our lives that we didn't sign up for. But here's what I know, that when you come to Christ and your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, from that moment on, you have the guarantee of the Father through His Spirit providing you when you need it at any moment. The help that you need from heaven so that you're never on earth unattended and uncared for. You are not an orphan child of God. You are loved by a God in heaven who is your father, who is determined to give you what you need for whatever you face in life. Now, there's a Bible that I have in my library called the Life Application Bible. In it, it has a footnote related to lions. It points out regarding the Old Testament period. Lions roamed the countryside in forests and forests in Mesopotamia. And the people feared them and greatly respected their power. The Persians captured lions, keeping them in large parks where they were fed and attended. They also point out that lions were also used for executing people. Lions were also used for executing people. But God has ways of delivering His people from even the mouth of lions. The Bible tells us that in Daniel 6.22, it is always premature to give up and give in to the pressures of unbelievers because God has the power that they know nothing about. Again, God can even shut the lion's mouth. That's what God did in Daniel 6 when Daniel was thrown into a lion's den. The Bible says that God God, He gave them each lockjaw, and they were unable to harm Daniel throughout the night. God is able to make your enemies recognize that no matter what they do against you, no weapon formed against you will prosper, because He is your shield. He is your stronghold. He is your security. Now, going back to Judges 14 and looking at this story of of Samson journeying to a town called Timnah, there's some principles that we can draw from in this story. The first is, when you make up your mind to possess your God-assigned portion or inheritance, get ready to face the lion. 
When you make up your mind to possess your God-assigned portion or inheritance, get ready to face the lion. The Bible tells us there in Judges 14.5 that Samson went down to Timnah. That's the town he was going to try to procure or to obtain a wife that he liked that lived in that city. What is interesting is Timnah means a portion assigned or inheritance. The Hebrew word for Timna means a portion assigned or inheritance. Symbolically, we see Samson was going after what he considered his assigned portion, his inheritance. In like manner, when you and I make up our minds that we are going to go after and lay claim on what God has promised us, what he has given us as an inheritance, we need to be ready to face the one that the Bible says comes like a roaring lion in First Peter 5, 8. Now, the Bible reveals both through the psalmist uh, David as well as through the Apostle Paul that God has given us a, an inheritance. In fact, if you look at Psalm 16, verses 5 and 6, it says, O Lord, you are the what? Portion of my what? inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot, the lines, that is the boundary lines of my assigned portion of inheritance. He says, have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. God has given us over 3,800 promises in the Bible. We have a good inheritance. And the psalmist was saying this. Watch this. He said, God, not only have you given me an inheritance, you are my portion. And can I say to you, not only has God given you promises, he is your portion. So whenever that stinking lion comes onto your property, you don't have to fear. You don't have to grow weak in the knees. You don't have to worry. Not only did God give you promise, inheritance, he is your portion. That means he is your guard. He is your protector. He is your deliverer. And notice what Paul says in Acts 20, 32. He said this to the elders and the believers of Ephesus. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able. Notice what God's word can do. It is able to build you up and give you a what? An inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So in God's word, we find the, the, the ability to be strengthened. The word build up means to take from one level to another. God is able to take you and I from one level to another, but he also releases an inheritance through his word. And so today, if you came with an open mind, open heart to receive from God's word, even as you're receiving it, there's an inheritance being released. But be aware of the fact that when you go after what God has promised you, you will have to deal with the one who comes like a roaring lion. Here's the second truth. There are some things in life that you may not be quite ready for. There are other things that you're never ready for. Be alert for sneak or surprising attacks. Look what the Bible tells us there in Judges 14.5. It says, So Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother and came to the vineyards of Timnah. Now to his what? 
surprise, a young lion came roaring against him. In the book of James, chapter 1, verse 2, James writes this, My brethren, count it all joy when you what? Fall into various trials. Look at the way the classic amplified version puts it. It says, consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped or in or surrounded or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptation. The word that is used for fall, it is also used in a story that Jesus related through a parable in the Gospel of Luke. And Luke chapter 10 verse 30 where he answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and what? He fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Notice the word fell is the same word that James uses for when we fall into different kinds of trials. It speaks of something that you come across by chance, something that you face unexpectedly, something that surprises you. And here's what we know in life, that our troubles, our trials come unannounced. Our troubles and trials in life come unexpectedly. In fact, they come without invitation. But the story of Samson is this, that even though you were not ready uh, in yourself to deal with what has come upon your life unexpectedly, God will not leave you at a disadvantage. God will not leave you alone. God will provide for you what you need when you need it. That's the story of Samson's life. Now, here's another truth. Your nothing is not a problem for God. He can do something out of nothing. Your nothing is not a problem for God. He can do something out of nothing. Look what the Bible points out in Judges 14 verse 6. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, that is, upon Samson, and he tore the lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat, though he had nothing in his hand. Though he had nothing in his hand. Have you ever felt, found yourself without anything? Have you found yourself in a state where you felt you had nothing left in your tank? Have you ever felt or found yourself without nothing in your sofas? When you hear the elote woman coming or the snow, you know, the ice cream truck coming and you're like, oh, I need change, I need change. And not even your sofa has change in it. Have you, <laughs> have you ever found yourself in a state of nothing where you found yourself feeling like I have nothing left to deal with this or have no resources that I, that are necessary to be able to meet a need that I have at this present moment. That's where Samson was at. But may I remind you that you and I are right now we are living in a planet that was nothing. But God said, let there be, and earth came. God said, let there be, and there was, there was Jupiter, there was Saturn. God said, let there be, and there were stars in the heaven, the sun and the moon. God made something out of nothing by simply speaking it. He said, let there be, and whatever he said that was without material became 
So while you and I are frantically worried about the fact that I have nothing left in my tank and we're worried about that there is nothing within reach that can help meet my need, we need to remember our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And God is saying, give me an opportunity to show you that I can make something out of nothing. If you will give me your nothing, I'll give you what I have, my Riches and glory will supply all your need. You don't have to fear no matter what you're dealing with in life today. Even though there's nothing in your tank, God has riches in heaven that are inexhaustible, unending. Their supply never drops in level. Amen. Woo! I encourage myself. Look at 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. Another example of someone finding themselves with nothing. The Bible says in 2 Kings 4, beginning with verse 1 down to verse 7, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? He was saying, first, what shall I do for you? What do, what am I, what do you want me to be responsible for? But then he didn't let her, let, let her off the hook. He says, what do you have in the house? He was saying, not only am I willing to put my life on the line, you've got to put yourself in a position of being part of a miracle. Let me say to you right now, some of us are calling out to God for a miracle, not understanding that it's not just going to happen because we're calling out to him. We've got to be willing to participate with him by doing whatever he tells us to do. Notice, go on. Then he said, and she said, your maidservant has what? Nothing. Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors. What kind of vessels? Empty. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it out into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God. And he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons live on the rest. She got more than she asked for. But there are two things that if you and I want to see God give us something out of nothing, there are two things that are required. The first is you got to focus on what you have left, not on what you've lost. You gotta focus on what you have left, not on what you've lost. The reason why we fall into depression, worry, and fear is because we're focusing on what we don't have and not on what we have. You say, but I don't have much. But as long as you have God, if God is all you have, God is all you need. As long as you have a little, God, if you will turn it over to Him, will make much out of your little. We got to focus on what we have left, not on what we've lost. Then the second prerequisite is this, that if we want God to give us something out of nothing, we have to learn this principle. Emptiness. 
is required before you can experience fullness. Emptiness is required before you can experience fullness. The reason why some of us don't get miracles or blessings from God, don't get mad at me, is because we're full of ourselves. We're full of ourselves. God only fills empty vessels. The reason why sometimes we don't experience the blessing of God is because we're full of stuff in us that God in his word makes clear doesn't belong in us. Some of us are filled with unresolved anger. Some of us are filled with jealousy, envy. We're filled with bitterness in our soul. And God is saying, so long as you're full of that stuff that my word points out you are not to have in you, there is no room for me to pour into you what I have in me in store for your blessing. So today I want to encourage you. Empty yourself. Empty your heart before God. Give Him your fear. Give Him your worry. Give Him your sadness. Give Him your envy. Give Him your jealousy. Give Him your anger. Then you'll receive His love, His peace, His strength, His wisdom, His help, His hope, His mercy, His goodness. Yeah. And then here's another truth. When the lion comes against you, the Spirit comes mightily upon you. This lion just showed up by surprise in, 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 on Samson's journey to Timnah to get a hold of his inheritance. This lion just showed up by surprise. But watch, when the lion comes against you, the Spirit of the Lord comes mightily upon you. And, and I love this word for mightily, salak in Hebrew. Salak in Hebrew. And we, because the root, the primitive, it's a primitive root word that means to push forward. To push forward. When the Spirit of God comes upon you. It's not to give you some goosebumps. When the Spirit of God comes upon you, it's not to knock you down. When the Spirit of God comes upon you, it's not just to fill your soul with joy. It's to give you a power so that you'll have the ability to push forward in spite of what comes against And I want to tell somebody, I know that you feel overwhelmed. I know that you feel discouraged today because of what's come upon you unexpectedly. But if you're a child of God, I want to remind you what the Word says. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. You've got the power inside you to push forward regardless of what has come against you. I'm behaving. I know it's Father's Day. Let me share with you a true story, a true account. As a large crowd of Iboga Christians of western Tanzania gathered to worship one Easter Sunday. A crazed mother lion was stalking their village. The crowd froze in fear. The village preacher encouraged them to pray to God who locked the jaws of the lion in Daniel's day. Suddenly, as they're praying, suddenly a lightning bolt struck the lion and she fell down dead. And 11 people in that gathering came forward to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in their lives. As they prayed, suddenly lightning came and killed that lion. Can I tell you today, God has a suddenly for you too. In fact, in the book of Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, it tells us that as a people of God, we're gathered together 
together in an upper room in one accord. The Bible says suddenly on that day of Pentecost, the spirit of the Lord came in the midst of that upper room like a rushing mighty wind. And then it says that tongues of fire sat upon each one of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. There wasn't one person in that room of believers that was gathered together who was in one mind, one spirit, one accord, who did not receive a flame on the top of their heads that became a fire within their soul that could not be quenched. And I'm saying to you, God has a flame with your name today, a flame that will light you up, a flame that will ignite you, a flame that will make you powerful, a flame that will empower you to speak up and be bold for God, a flame that will give you the ability to keep on going when others are falling to your left or to your right. There will be a power inside of you that will push you forward when others are going backwards because you've got a made up mind. I'm not going to settle for being stuck. I'm going to receive what God has promised for me. And if he's got a suddenly for me, let it happen. Yeah, and the Bible says in Acts 16, verses 25 and 26, it says, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. What happened? Say, suddenly, suddenly, say, suddenly. There was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loose. You got to understand Paul and Silas, they weren't feeling happy. They weren't feeling giddy. They weren't feeling good. In fact, they had just been whipped with the whip and they, they had been bloodied. They, they're, they're, they were bruised to a pulp. They found themselves in a mess, chained up in lockdown, in solitary confinement. But at midnight, they made up their mind. God will be praised even here in solitary confinement. God will be exalted. There ain't no whipping going to take my praise. There ain't no lockdown that's going to take my praise. There is no prisoner that is going to keep me from lifting up my voice and giving God praise. And because they made up their mind to praise God, God gave them a suddenly. God showed up. And you talk about jailhouse rock. He rocked that house. He rocked it with his presence and his power. And the Bible says not only did Paul and Silas experienced the prison door opening. All the prisoners in that place, they experienced their chains following. And I'm saying to you, God has a suddenly for a believer that will praise him irregardless of what's going on in their lives. That will not just benefit you, it will benefit all those around you as well. Now, there were two explorers that were on a jungle safari when suddenly... A ferocious lion jumped in front of them. Keep calm. Keep calm. The first explorer whispered, Remember what we read in the book on wild animals. If you stand perfectly still and look the lion in the eye, he will turn and run. Sure, replied his companion. You've read the book. And I've read the book, but has the lion read the book? (laughs) What does God's book say to do in light of the lion that you and I will face? Peter writes in 1 Peter 5, verses 8 and 9, be sober, be vigilant. In other words, 
Keep your wits about you and stay alert because your adversary, the devil, notice, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Let me remind you of what Peter is stating here. You may be going through something right now that you feel you're the only one going through it, but Peter is saying there's somebody else in the family of God that is going through what you're going through. You're not alone in your battle. Or someone else has gone through what you're going through. And the reason they've gone through it is because they took to heart what Peter said. When the roaring lion came, they resisted him. And what does James 4, 7 say? Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You've got to understand, the Bible is telling you and I, we will face like Samson did a lion, one that comes like a roaring lion. But just like in Samson's case, the Spirit of the Lord will come suddenly upon us. The Bible tells us the Spirit came at the moment the lion showed up. At that moment, the Spirit also came upon Samson and empowered him. So you and I have a choice today. We can either fight or we can take flight. As for me, I've determined I'm going to fight because this is the good fight of faith. It's a fight in which I know that not only is greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, but I also know that there is no fiery dart that the devil can throw against me that the shield of faith God has equipped me with cannot put out. I'm a winner. I'm more than a conqueror. I am blood-bought, redeemed, and I am free to live victoriously. Mm. I'm bringing this plane down for a landing, and as I do, let me share a classic story. You probably heard it. The lion was proud of his mastery of the animal kingdom. One day he decided to make sure that all the other animals knew who he was, the king of the jungle. He was so confident that he bypassed all the little smaller animals and went straight to the bear. Who is the king of the jungle? The lion asked. The bear replied, why you are, of course. The lion gave a mighty roar of approval. Rawr! Next he asked the tiger, who is the king of the jungle? The tiger quickly responded, everyone knows that you are, oh mighty lion. Rawr! You're right. Next on the list was the elephant. The lion faced the elephant and ex- addressed, the same, addressed him with the same question. Who is the king of the jungle? <laughs> the lion was proud of his mastery of the animal kingdom. Thinking the, lion, the, the elephant is going to submit as well. But at that, the elephant immediately grabbed the lion with his trunk. He whirled him around in the air five to six times and then released him, throwing him, hurling him to a tree. After the lion was splatted there, the elephant goes up and pounds him into the ground and then takes him out to the river there and and holds him under and finally throws him back on shore and there the lion begrudgingly slowly gets up on all fours looks with sad eyes at the elephant and says look just because 
you don't know the answer, doesn't mean you have to do me like that. <laughs> what does the Bible say about you and I? In Romans 5.17 in the Amplified, I want you to get this. For if because of one man's trespass, lapse, offense, death reign through that one, much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace, unmerited favor, and the free gift of righteousness, notice, putting them into right standing with themselves, reign as what? Kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Do you see? God has set us up not just to survive, but to thrive. He set us up to reign as kings. Listen to me. When God first created mankind, he said, let us make them in our image. And then he said, he said, let them have dominion over. He gave them dominion over the created things that he made. I want you to understand you are not to be a slave to anything. You were meant to rule. You and I were meant to reign. But the devil comes and lies to us and says you can't break this habit. You can't let go of this hurt. You cannot deal with this hang up. You must surrender to it. You must give in to it. But I'm saying if you're a child of God, God has put you not only in right standing with him. He has given you authority in the name of Jesus to look at that hurt, look at that hang up, look at that habit and say, you are not my Lord. I have a new master and he's authorized and deputized me to rule over you. I am not a victim. I am victorious. I have been redeemed so that I can live a life overcoming whatever I face along my journey to obtain my inheritance. And so today I want to encourage you to go after your inheritance. Go after what God has promised you and, and understand you will be attacked, but you're, you're, you're equipped. You're fully armed, fully loaded with what you need to overcome the one that comes as a roaring lion. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you that you're the God who equips us when we need help. You're there. You're a very present help in trouble. And just like in this story of Samson, Lord, as soon as that young lion came to attack him, at that moment, your word says, that your spirit came upon him mightily. At the very moment that he needed your intervention, your spirit rushed on him and gave him the power to push forward. To overcome what had come against him. And I thank you today, Father. I thank you that there is help from heaven available for us. I thank you, Father, that there's a flame with my name that will ignite my soul with the zeal that cannot be quenched. That cannot be snuffed out. Yeah. Thank you Lord. I'm going to ask our prayer warriors to come and stand at this altar right now. There's some of you today that would say Pastor Angel. There's some stuff inside of me. 
that I need to release, that I need to let go of. And I realize it's filling space in my soul that's keeping me from being filled with what God wants to pour into me. I realize to have God's blessing, I need to empty myself. I can't be full of myself. I've got to let go of my pride. I've got to admit I need God's help. I've got to admit I need to release that hurt. I've got to admit I need to let go of that unresolved anger, that bitterness that I've been storing in my heart. I realize now why I don't sense God's presence like He wants me to. I don't experience His blessing to the fullness of what He wants me to enjoy. I realize I need to empty my heart of those things and I'm ready because I don't want the lion to overcome me. I want to overcome the lion. That's you. I want you to make your way forward. Prayer warriors are ready to join with you and agree with you. We believe that this is your day for God's empowerment of your life. Come. That's it. Come. And just release. Let go. Let go. Let go. Let go and let God today. Let go and let God. That's it. God wants to feel you. 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 There's some of you that are dealing with something that's come upon you unexpectedly. And it's overwhelmed you. And you realize that God has power from heaven that's available. And you want that so that you can overcome what's come upon you unexpectedly. Then you come as well. We believe that the God who sent His Spirit to equip Samson, the God who equipped the early church with flames of fire by His Spirit, wants to give you power here today. Come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This altar is open. This is your moment for breakthrough. Come.